all call it Sunday with Macca. Yeah, they all call it Sunday with Macca. Get on with it, Macca. Hi, Will. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Lots of interesting people for you to meet this morning and lots of uh, lovely emails. I'm just having my coffee. I can't... Isn't it funny how all of a sudden you can't live without a coffee? As the bloke said to us when he wrote to us uh, some time ago, emailed us the other day, um, it's, the second, it's the second biggest commodity after petrol is coffee. Everybody needs a coffee, and I certainly need one here in the morning, but I love a cup of tea. I still love a cup of tea. Macca um, says, uh, Nola from Nambour, you may have missed this. Macca says, uh, Nola says, I represent the silent majority, those of us who listen surreptitiously ardently, religiously, and never utter a sound. We are too shy or incoherent to ring, but rely on the stories and music to reset our moral parameters every Sunday. It's a pity some moral parameters hadn't been reset. After the trials, tribulations, trash and trivia, there's a lovely alliteration there, hurled at us all week by the media. As a demographic, we're a disparate lot, lolling about in bed, says Nola, slumping around the kitchen in our jammies, uh, in shorts and T-shirts, in a mildewed tent with mozzies on the bank of a creek, in bathers on the beach, checking the swell, walking the dog on the forest track at the end of the street. That was like Mike this morning, was it, Mike? Walking his um, Dalmatians. Manning our stall at the local markets, clearing the lanta- lantana from our bush block. That's us. We are the spiritual support team. Not interested in sporting or election updates. We just want to hear the real stories of real Australians like us. Keep up the good work, says Nola from Nambour. Kel, that's the letter of the week and the month, really, I'd say. Did we send Nola something, Kel? What about a copy of um, uh, Get On With It? Yes, that's what we'll do, Nola. I hope you've got a record player. We could send you a CD. We've got one of those too. G'day, this is Macca. Hello, Macca. It's Patrick the Truckie from downtown Bay Desert. G'day, Pat. How are you? Good, mate. I just thought I'd give you a call. I work uh, every fourth Sunday, and this morning I'm just about to kick a 500-horse mac in the guts. I thought you might want to hear it. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to, All Pat. Right. Where are you? All right, really? You're in Bodasset this morning, are you? Yeah, I was just about to say, if I kick this thing in the guts and drive up the street and don't turn the steering wheel, I run right into the Bodasset Cafe. So there's a bit of a segue for a song when we're finished. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, you'll hear a bit of beeping, and then you'll hear the engine. Okay, mate. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. So, Ian, we had an anniversary we missed last November, too. Yeah? Tell me. That was 10 years ago you signed my motorbike. Where was that? In Not in Bendigo? No, 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 down in Ballina. I just bought a brand-new BMW, and you were doing the book signing in uh, River Street in Ballina, and I brought it around and asked you to sign the bike, and you did. There you go. All right. Ten years ago, last November. Start her up, mate, quick. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. How sweet it is. There you go, mate. There's 500 horses ready to go to work. Good on you, Pat. Keep in touch, mate. All right, I'm going to go and move a bit of garbage. Have a good day, Ian. Good on you, mate. Bye. Bye. G'day, Macca. Hi. This is Viv. G'day, Viv. Calling from Warwick in Queensland. Hi, Viv. Yeah. Um, I'm a taxi driver here. In Warwick? Yeah. Much work in the early mornings in Warwick? 
Sunday mornings, I can um, make more in a couple of hours on Sunday mornings than I can in a whole day on Tuesday. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's because there's a, what, a nightclub or two around the place, is it? Ah, uh, yeah, people going home, picking up cars. Um, I'm actually just going to pick up a job now. So I just wanted to let you know about this group of Anzac people that get together every year from all over Australia. They're mm. all in the Defence Force, and I think they all met up originally in Darwin. Right. Um. Last year, I had the pleasure of being with the group out at Kalani, and what they do every year is they pick a spot on the map at 7 o'clock on Anzac night after a big day, kind of like put the pin in, mm. and uh, that's where they go. They do a recce and find out a place that can accommodate, you know, up to between 20 or up to 50 people, wow. and um, they only ever go to small towns. Um, to kind of boost the numbers in that little town and give that little town support. There you go. So last year it was Kalani. Um, my friends who are travelling, this is the third year they've dropped in on me, um, they're off to Peak Hill this year. Peak Hill in New South Wales? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they've, they've travelled from Mackay. But they come from, they, they come from everywhere, all points in Australia. And, uh, yeah, their numbers have dwindled over the years, of course, but... Um, yeah, there's people that, that go that are still, you know, um, active on active duty in Afghanistan, places like that. What a great little get-together and what a, um, a wonderful thing to do for Anzac Day. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, you know, that, I, was, I was really honoured last year to be a part of it. Are you mm. going to Peak Hill? Oh, no, 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 not this year. <laughs> when they come back a bit closer, I might go and hang out with them again. All right, Viv. Well, thanks for yeah. telling us that. Peak Hill can expect a little group of people there, eh, on, on yes, Anzac Day? Yes, they can. Oh, yes, they'll be all starting to get there, I'd say, from today onwards. All right, Vivi, good on you. Lots of lovely Anzac Day stories. Good on you, Viv. Good luck. I'll see you in Warwick sometime. Okay, Macca, bye. See ya. G'day, this is Macca. Hello, Macca, this is Keith calling from Birdsville. G'day, Keith. I'm standing in the phone box up outside the pub at Birdsville there, doing a jig to chase the flies away. You're our first phone box call. We we used to have phone box calls all the time, Keith. Well, I was doing it. It's just turned daylight here, and I saw the phone boxes, and I thought I'd better ring Macca at Sunday morning. Exactly. Exactly, mate. I wish I was in Burnford. What a lovely spot to be in the oh, early, terrific, yeah. early morning. What are you doing there? Well, we, we flew out from Munderberg yesterday. We're going down to the dig tree today and ending up at Cooper Pedy tonight. Well, did you hear what I read the earlier earlier uh, about the dig tree today? No I, no, I didn't. 157 years last night, apparently Saturday night, since the return to the dig tree of um, Burke and Wills. And of oh, course, okay. They, oh, well, died, that's, they died there, didn't they? That's that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go and have a look at that, and then William Creek and Lake Air, where the where the water is. Hopefully, there's a bit of water there, and then on to Cooper Pedy. Well, it's uh, it's all right for some case. Yeah, um, well, someone's got to do it the tough way, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and Keith, what do you do? You retired? Or something? I'm retired. I used to be an air traffic controller, but I just do flying, flying for pleasure now. So yeah, so we've go. we've got a light aircraft, and four of us came out yesterday. And we're doing a little trip and keep a peaty Broken Hill back home. So you know, it's good to be able to get around the countryside. Oh, it's fantastic, mate! Fant- and, the, and the dig tree. Oh, we went to the dig tree. Oh, I don't know about uh, five or six years ago. Um, but um, it's a it's 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 isolated out there, really. It's a it's a fair way from anywhere, even today in Australia, isn't it? Yep, yep. And so um, you get an idea of the space and time and the size of Australia, and 
and what they were doing out there. I oh, mean, they were tough men. They were hard times, weren't they? Yeah. Well, the, they did it obviously for money because there was a there was a prize, wasn't there? That's to, right. Yeah, that's correct. Be... Yeah, we we landed at Windora yesterday, and I think we we relocated a couple of hundred flies from Windora to Birdsville. <laughs> Well, that'll happen, Katie. All yeah, right. that's right. But anyway, good to talk to you, Macker. I thought I'd ring from the phone box. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's well, it's just so refreshing, Katie. If you can find a phone box, ring us this morning. Good on you, Katie. Good on you. Have a good day. Thanks, Macker. Nice you, to mate. talk to you. Bye. You are bye. Hi, Macker. It's Kylie. Hi, Kylie. From Miles, mate. Miles, yes. Yeah. I'm just ringing to tell you a little bit about our uh, Miles Historical Village big project that we're opening at five o'clock on Anzac Day. Uh huh. Tell me. We're opening uh, or the relaunch of the What War Might Meant to Miles project. So it's about heroes, hardships and heartfelt stories. We've been working on the project for about 18 months now. Uh And uh, the projects involve cataloguing and digitising, interpreting and we'll be redisplaying the collection within the War Museum, which is over 4,000 objects. And and to date, just with this component of the project, there's been over 1,000 volunteer hours have gone into getting everything ready for our visitors to enjoy the collection that we have here at the Miles Museum. What sort of a crowd do you get for Anzac Day, Kylie? I know you've got a, a special opening there, but do you... Yeah, so um, the services in Miles uh, in the region are really well supported uh, right across the Western Downs, but uh, in Miles there's a dawn service and a service earlier in the day, of course, and a little community, uh, two of our communities also host um, little services as well, Condamine and Jalaka host services in the morning as well. It's a, it's. A, I've always, I said it, I've said it for thirty years because I've been doing this program for thirty years. It's, a, um, it's a long time, but um, we've always talked about Anzac Day, and I've seen it grow in, yeah. in. I've just seen it. Look, I've got files here you can't jump over. Of people have just sent letters about Anzac Day. Um, and it just sort of increased, and increased. While I've been doing the program, I think it's in sort of. We've gone in sync, but um, a lady rang this morning, Viv, I don't know if you heard her, she was in Warwick, she's a taxi driver, yes. and she said there was a little group that get together every year, friends, and they're from all over, they're from, they're from old diggers and new diggers from Afghanistan, and they pick out a, a place each year, yeah. that um, just a little town that maybe is losing um, you know, numbers for their Anzac Day, and they all turn up, and this... this I think last where did they go last year? They went to um, a place in Queensland. It's on the tip of my tongue, but it doesn't matter. And, yeah. But this year they're going to Peak Hill. They're all going to t- when I say all, it's probably you know their, their numbers are dwindling. But what a great idea! Yeah, I think that's fantastic. a lot. It's a great idea to get together and also to turn up in Peak Hill and say, "Oh, hello, we've yeah. come to your Anzac," and just uh, yeah, it's, absolutely. And I think you know. Um, small communities, um, really, or certainly, I know this area. The research we've done, um, you know, right through from it, it, wars played such a pivotal part in 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 Australia, but uh, particularly in rural communities. And for the likes of this um, old Marilla Shire community, it was nearly over a thousand service personnel, right from you know Boer War through to Vietnam Korea Wars, uh, World War One, World War Two. Oh, nearly over a thousand men and women have served out of just this community. That that's just phenomenal. And it's and it's turned into something a uh, 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 commemoration and also a celebration of yeah. all the good things in Australia, which is like like I just told you, your your people volunteer hours just doing that and mm-hmm. saying, look, this is what we've done. We've all been together doing this, a wonderful thing. And and yeah. Viv from Warwick has said, look, this little group goes and picks too, a place. A wonderful thing the, for the likes of us two, Macker at the Miles um, Historic Village Museum. You know, the generosity of people over the years with, the, you know, their donation of absolutely just the most beautiful 
objects and things into our collection so that we can continue to capture that history, preserve it and share it for future generations to enjoy and, and really understand. And that's what this project's about, really starting to tell those stories of what, what war meant to a community this sort of size um, during those times of conflict and, and the sacrifices that oh, not so only men and women make, but, but animals also. Yeah, and the and the dogs and the pigeons and the horses yeah, and yeah. and the people who were left at home too, That's and right. uh, the mothers who waited and waited for nothing yeah. to happen. Kylie, um, we had a little a little song we play from time to time, which is "Call You Bobo," but there's a line in it um, which says, "And uh, there's John up in Miles, whose bank had made piles and packed up and off with his dogo." I was just wondering because I read. Um, <laughs> As I said, I've been here for 30 years and, and I see the cycles of life and one of those cycles was banks and the banks left and then they all came back and now I read that banks are sort of leaving again. How's your, how, have you still got your bank in miles or what happened? Uh, yeah, we've, we've still got um, one of our banks in miles, which is great. Uh, you know, and post office, things like that have stepped up. Some of the local businesses also put ATMs in, which is fantastic. I mean, we, you know, the face of banking is changing, but I think uh, we're, we're, we're moving with it. We have to. <laughs> you said the face of banking is changing. Go and tell that to the Royal Commission. Yeah. <laughs> Kylie, nice to talk to you. And, Thanks, mate. And, and good luck on Anzac Dome. I hope lots of people go to Miles and have a look at your new, uh, your new place. It'll Thanks, be Macca. Good on you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Uh, G'day, Macca. This is Rex Keeley here from uh, Strathalbyn in South Australia, calling you from my red telephone box. <laughs> You're the second phone box call in the morning. What's happened? Have they been re-erected by the uh, Telstra mob, have they? No. No, it's been uh, re-erected by me. It's in my garden <laughs> and uh, fully restored with a long tom telephone with a coin-operated slot. Oh, wow. And uh, my grandkids love it. <laughs> oh, what a great thing, Rexy. <laughs> Why did you do that? Well, uh, it's something of the past of my childhood and uh, I saw it needed repair and bought it home and restored it and it's uh, great fun. We've got three acres of garden and uh, next uh, weekend we're in the open garden scheme so it's all pristine and looking good. Oh, that's a lovely story. Rexy, you should send us a photo of your garden and your phone box. I will. Yeah, Kelly asked me to do that. I'd, yeah. I'd love to do that. that... We've, we've got a little farm here with our packers and a few sheep and we retired and uh, having a lot of fun and enjoying our second childhood. And what a great thing to do to <laughs> lose yourself, go into the phone box and close the door. Well, you can. You have the Superman outfit and come out. <laughs> Good on you, Rexy. You need rain there? Uh, we do need some more. Things start to turn a bit green, but um, it'll brown off if it doesn't rain again soon. Good on you, Rex. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Macca. Bye. Right, bye. I recently spoke to Ross McMullen, who's a lovely bloke. He's written a book about Pompey Elliot. Um, and you'll hear the whole story here. Um, it comes in two parts, but come and meet Ross McMullen. The book was called uh, Pompey Elliot in His Own Words. It's the letters. It's not a book written about. It's the letters that this bloke, this general, wrote. And he was just a, he was a man, this Pompey Elliot. Um, and not many people have heard about him. Come and meet Ross McMullen. Ross McMullen, welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Most Australians would not have heard of Pompey Elliot because it was many years ago, 100 years ago, I suppose. That's what we're commemorating, 100 years of the First World War. The first I got to hear of Pompey Elliot was a song by another Victorian, um, Michael Whittle, who wrote a song called The Last Man from Denali. And one of the lines says, I'm the last man from Denali who saw Pompey Elliot's tears. Mm. And I thought, who's this Pompey Elliot person? And, and now I know. Yes, yes. And uh, it's presumably about that moment after the disaster of Fromel, 
which is the worst 24 hours in Australia's entire history, and Pompey is welcoming back the shocked survivors of his brigade uh, in tears. And he's basically saying, he said to many of them, I'm so sorry, boys, this was not my fault, and it certainly was not. I mean, he, he, the broader context is that he and his men had just arrived at the Western Front. They'd been sent to a nursery sector where you're sent to because nothing much happens and the, and the new soldiers learn the ropes there. And out of the blue, they are told that they are to make this imminent attack on the Germans opposite, despite it being a nursery sector. Now, Pompey's only been there five minutes, but he reckons this quickly works out. This is a harebrained idea. And when a, a visiting major from the Commander-in-Chief's headquarters, turns up to check out how preparations are going. Pompey sees an opportunity and he basically hijacks this visiting major, takes him forward, and this, bear in mind, this major has come from Hague Chateau and that's probably where he's more used to being, takes him not just to the front line, Pompey takes this major, not just to the front line, but then out to a spot in no man's land and describes to this major what his Pompey's dispositions are, put his machine gunners over there uh, to counter any possible problems from over there, etc, etc. Um, this is really good radio, isn't it? <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but then he basically persuades this major that this is a disaster in the making and the Major ends up agreeing and Pompey says, right, well, you go back to your boss and you tell him. It's not known what that Major Howard did or what he said, but it is presumed that he did pass on Pompey's unorthodoxly related <laughs> uh, attempt to stymie the oper- attempt to have the operation cancelled um, because there was a delay for the next couple of days. But in the end, regrettably, butcher Haking's blustering mm. optimism prevailed and the operation went ahead. Now, Pompey's foreseen it would be terrible, yeah, has tried to prevent it and yet failed in, in his attempt to prevent it, and then the result has been this terrible disaster and that he has to cope with the results of, and that, that's why he's a shattered man when his survivors come back. I'm talking to Ross McMullen. You've written a couple of books about... Well, you wrote a book about uh, Pompey Elliot before... In the street behind me, there's a Douglas Haig Street, and I never knew who Douglas Haig was until latter times when I've heard he was a... I won't say anything nasty about him, but um, not probably the best general or whatever he was. We never hear of Pompey Elliot, and yet uh, from your reading, he was a a memorable man. He was a very memorable man, and he should be better known and recognised. The sort of bloke, it seems to me from your talk, that shouldn't have been in the army because he was a square peg in a round hole, it seems to me. Well, he was to some extent, yes. Always frank and forthright. And what make his letters so amazing? I don't know of any Australian personal narrative uh, that is like Pompey's. Pompey is remarkably frank, forthright, controversial and emotional. And he's a, he's a, he's a reasonably senior commander. He's not top level, but he's, he's a colonel at Gallipoli and a, and a, and a general at the Western Front. So he sees and is aware of more than the necessarily limited horizon of a private or a corporal who's just got his own you know, particular locale to, to cover. Your book's called In His Own Words, and I think that's the best way to explain to people who are listening a little bit about it. I made some notes while you were talking. The Essendon Boys. Tell us about the Essendon Boys in Pompey's words. Yes, this is what Pompey wrote three years after the landing when he had a lot on his mind about what was happening in 1918 but he but such was the imprint on him of what his Essendon boys had gone through at Gallipoli at Gallipoli at the landing as they so imagine they're rowing into shore and he's describing the experience three years later and he wrote this as they approached the shore a machine gun opened the bullets singing by 
Soon they got the range. Men crumpled up where they sat, riddled through and through. The boat sides were pierced, the water squirted in, but the boat still swept on unswerving from her course, the rowers with their backs to the fire never missing a stroke, albeit they felt each one in imagination in the small of the back, till they fell back dead and another snatched the oar from their dying grasp. A little red-headed laddie named MacArthur, scarcely more than 18, was shot through the femoral artery and the blood spurted from his thigh as the water squirted into the boat. A sergeant attempted to bind it up. It's no use, Sarge, he cried. I'm done. Yet he rowed on until he swooned from loss of blood and a comrade took his place. The water gained in the boat and flowed around them, its blue turning a ghastly red with the blood of the wounded and dying. Still the hellish hail of fire continued. It did not cease when the boat grounded, but swept over them still, piercing the writhing bodies through and through. Oh, those leaden minutes of agony. How slowly, how dreadfully they passed by. Bromman's in Townsville. Good morning, Bromman. Hello, Macca. How you going? It's beautiful up here today. Is At it? six o'clock this morning, there was even some dew on the grass. You had some. You've had good rain there, haven't you, in Townsville? Yes, our dam's doing really great at the moment. That's the way, Bronnie. That's the way. I, um, I've been thinking for a while, and the husband couldn't answer this question. How long you've been doing this show? And I heard you say this morning, thirty years. Yeah, a bit more. Yes, thirty and a bit. Yep. Well, the funny part to that is, come September this year, the husband and I have been married thirty years. And I mean this in a really lovely way. It's always felt like you've been a third person in our marriage <laughs> because <laughs> the husband's been listening to you off and on for all that time and mm. he's always telling me stories about Macca this, Macca this morning mm. and that and, and I hadn't really paid much attention. But um, when I look back now, I was only thinking the other day that this is probably one of the best presents he's even given me in 30 years. In the last 12 months when he's been going to work on a Sunday morning, Actually, the night before, he turns the radio to your station. Uh-huh. So when the tranny goes on first thing in the morning, he turns it on, and you know what? It's going to be Macca and Bronwyn for the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, like today, he's at work, and when he comes home, it's going to be Macca this, Macca that. Yeah, give this. him an earful. <laughs> yes, and, um, but, you know, I'll tell you what I consider your show to be. It's um, that lady, Nola from Nambour. You said she got letter of the week or letter of the month. I think she should have had letter of the century. Yeah. Because um, I think you're the best medicinal thing in the world. I mean, you're the, well, it's the best. Pe- it's, the, it's the people, Bronwyn. That's what we do yes. here. We try and talk to all sorts of people about all sorts of stuff. And you get so much bad news uh, around the place. Yes, and, correct. And, and bad examples, really. That, um, But I think to myself, well, no, you have a listen here on Sunday and listen to the nice people who are doing all sorts of stuff, the, you know, the absolutely ordinary and the, and the marvellous and, you know, doing all sorts of great stuff. And um, so that's where the, uh, that's where the true centre of the, of the country is. So you shouldn't get down about, you know, the, the bad examples you read. There's lots of good people. Oh, definitely, you know, and you're connecting all of us, you know, like, I'm not a, I always tell you when I'm a homie, I don't travel, but, you know, you've connected me with all those people in all those little country towns that I haven't even heard of, and, um, but as I said, you know, you're the good medicine at the end of a bad week, and you're the <laughs> best medicine to start the week with. Good on you, Bronnie. Oh. I'll write that down. I'll take that home and display that to my family and, yeah, see what reaction I get. 
And cheers to the future, Mac. Macca. Good on you, Bronnie. I'll see you in Townsville when I come up, okay? Okay, will do. Bye. Good, good on you. Bye. Hello, Macca. This is Jimmy from North Bondi. North Bondi, yeah? North Bondi. I'm a member of the North Bondi Surf Life Saving Club. If you're not and living in Bondi, Jimmy, you're camping out. <laughs> Look, I'm... I'm uh, my name is Photopolis Greek, of course, yeah. and my nickname is Barbecue. I'm doing barbecue for the Chef Club for the last 18 years. In the last <laughs> few years, we've donated our takings from our barbecue on dawn service. We do one, we're very close to the other seven North Bondi. Uh-huh. We donated all the money goes to the East Sydney Veterans Center, Bondi Junction, looking after soldiers with PTSD and other issues. Good on you. All the money goes there. So uh, we have people, all the a, a dream team of volunteers come from all over Sydney to come and help me. And uh, one of them is Billy. Billy, uh, we call him Northside. He comes from Thornley. All the way he's there. On Wednesday morning, he'll be there at 4.30. We start at 4.30 in the morning. So... Lovely spot to be, Jimmy, at Bondi Beach on Anzac Day morning for the dawn service and for your barbecue with uh, Jimmy Barbecue. That's what they call you, Jimmy Barbecue, Jimmy. Uh, that's, that's my nickname, Jimmy Barbecue, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot my other name. <laughs> I mean, look, it's, uh, it's a volunteer job. It's yeah. a team of volunteers. I'm, li- I'm running this business. And uh, I've got people come from all of us in name at 4.30 in the morning to help me run it because we only have... Two hours to do to dispense about eight hundred bread rolls with bacon and egg or sausage in it. In good it. on you, Jimmy. That's uh, yeah. Good on you and good luck, mate. I'll no, bump into you sometime. Why I'm ringing you? Quick. I want to get the. I rang you up once before when the Victoria bushfires were on. Yeah, we did the same thing there, which was on a Sunday, and I get half of my sales come from people who never come there before. They said we heard your knocker. So you are a popular radio station. I've been listening to you forever in a day. And good on you, Jimmy. And that was a great thing to do too. You raised money for the for the bushfires in uh, in Victoria. Good on yeah. you, Jim. Yeah. Okay. I might uh, okay. I might see you. Okay. Well, look, we always everybody's welcome. Bring your money with you, and you're welcome. Good on you. Thanks, Jimmy. Okay. See you later. See- Thanks, Maka. Bye. Bye. G'day. This is Maka. Oh, hello, Maka. This is Gwen. Uh, I'm a veteran of World War Two. Mm. I'm 93, and I march each year in my uniform, of which is some 75 years old, I guess, <laughs> and I can still fit into it. You little possum. <laughs> I bet you look great too, Gwenny. Send us a photo. <laughs> well, I'd have to um, uh, I'd have to get my daughter to do that. Uh, uh, I on my computer, I'm, I do the basic things, but uh, I she could do that, but I can't do that now. No, uh, no, no. But uh, uh, I've been marching. Well, I've been going to the Anzac March since uh, I was uh, as long as I can remember. My father was in the light horse in the First World War. Uh, he did not go to Gallipoli because he fell ill in Egypt and he eventually went to France and uh, he, he, where his two brothers were killed and he was the only one that returned. And so I've been going to the Anzac March forever probably missed a few. Well I did when I was in the I was in the Women's Auxiliary Air Force 
and uh, I was in Melbourne for uh, all my time in the services, and uh, our numbers are considerably reduced. Yeah, I remember marching uh, with perhaps three or four hundred girls uh, after the war, and now there's just two two of us left standing, oh, <laughs> and well... and about four or five wheelchairs. And then we have a reunion, and the numbers are, are very low now. But I'm very fortunate that uh, at the age of 93, I'm very fit. And we're very fortunate to have people uh, around like you, Gwenny, to uh, remind us of what uh, wonderful service the men and women of yes, Australia well, gave the, all those years ago. Uh, uh, yes, and, and the women sometimes, I think, aren't remembered like the men. But if, you read, if you read stories of the nurses in the First World War, yes, they were... Uh, uh, just like outstanding. men, they were fighting. They were absolutely outstanding. Good and on you, Gwenny. I've got to fly, but a lovely talk. I hope you get a nice day for the for March in Adelaide well, because it's. I, I'm hoping it's not too hot. The yeah. uniforms are made of pure wool. I don't want to be the first casualty. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be right. Send us that photo. Send it to macatrax at gmail dot com. Yes, get your daughter I, I, to send it to us. Yes. All right. Uh, okay. Good Bye. on you. Bye.